Hello, I'm Todd Starnes, lead pastor of Odessa First Assembly, and I'm grateful that you joined us today. I hope and pray that this message will encourage you and bless you. And remember, you can find more information about us at odessafirstassembly.com. God bless you. Psalm chapter 24, I want to begin in verse 1. I'm going to tell you, God just really, really began um, stirring uh, some time ago about what I'm about to preach to you this morning. Um, in years past, I've preached, uh, uh, you know, I guess a form of this sermon, and, and, I, I, and actually I was going to preach it last Sunday, and then God had a had a, a different route, and even this week, I even re- rewrote the sermon I was going to, so anyway, you can kind of go follow my train of thought, but the thing is this, is uh, I believe, you know, when you look at cultivation, when you look at farming or planting, you know, seasons are such an important part of that. I mean, to get to the point of the harvest, there's a lot that takes place before the harvest happens. There is the breaking up of the ground, of the hard ground, to get ready to receive the seed. And there's planting of the seed. There's watering and fertilizing the seed. And then comes the growth and the harvest. And I think uh, that, that it, that's a perfect example of what it is, our spiritual lives, our spiritual growth. We all go through different seasons. And and uh, we're usually all in different seasons at different times. And uh, there's times you're in the same season with somebody else, and you find a kindred spirit to walk through that season with you. And but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something this morning. I I feel like I've never felt before the winds of the spirit blowing and moving. I think there is coming a great move of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in the middle of it. I want to be right in the middle of it. I, I, this last week, I was, uh, you know, I was looking, you know, we've, we're, man, we're going on uh, eight years that we've been pastors here. And there's a lot of pictures over the last eight years. And I was this last week. I, you know, I don't know why, but I, uh, I was actually looking for something else, and and I found, you know, I found the pictures from our first Easter in 2014 here. I and just different, you know, seeing different people, and and uh, uh, I just really felt the Lord speak to me that He's about to renew it. And the, this awakened series, really, the purpose of that is to get us back on board to get us back on track that what God did once he can and will do again are you with me this morning and I and so this morning that that's part of this I'm, I'm going to start my timer so that, all that didn't count so Psalm chapter 24 I want to begin in verse 1 I want us to read this together the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof the world and those who dwell therein For he has founded upon the seas and established upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the... Verse 3 is the key here. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. Verse 5, he will receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of God. 
And when I read, I cannot help but think about Duncan Campbell when I read Psalm 24. I don't know if you know who Duncan Campbell is. He passed away in the early 70s. But he pastored one of the modern era's greatest revival in the 1950s in the Hebrides Islands. Um, he was a Scottish man. And Duncan Campbell, he grew up in, uh, matter of, you know, uh, playing bagpipes and bars and different things like that. And there was one time that he was playing these bagpipes and he was entertaining some people in a Scottish village. And it, a thought just came to him, just, just something that spoke to his heart, which I believe was the Holy Spirit. And the words were this, is this all life offers a man like me? And I don't know if anybody else has ever asked that question. I know I've certainly asked that question. And so he just left. He, he heard this, he posed this question to himself, or the Holy Spirit posed the question to him, and he just left, and he went to, to find his mom, and his mom led him to the Lord. His mom prayed the salvation prayer to him, and he was converted to the Lord Jesus at that moment. And he served, he, you know, he was a servant. He just served churches as every opportunity he had. And when he was 50 years old, he left as a missionary to the Outer Hebrides Islands. And he found this church there. And right before he found that church, there was another young man in the church who stood up and read Psalm chapter 24. And as a matter of fact, the, the, uh, the man said this. He said, brethren, it seems just so much humbug. Yeah, this is the 50s, okay? <laughs> it seems so, just so much humbug to be waiting and praying as we are. If we ourselves are not rightly related to God, instantly the believers in that church begin confessing their sin. Yes, Christians also need to confess their sins. Christians began confessing their sins to God, to one another. And when Duncan Campbell arrived on the scene, he preached and preached and preached. And, and the story goes that, I mean, the, the altar call went, went late into the night. They finally dismissed and the people wouldn't leave. They went out into the street and, and still were worshiping and confessing and, and seeking God. But this started such a move upon those islands that all the bars shut down because of the people that got saved. Think about that for a moment. And I think that God is wanting to redig the wells in us. I think God is wanting to open something back up in us, but for that to happen, sometimes the heart, the ground of our heart has to be plowed. Do you hear me? And, and it, it that doesn't always feel good and wonderful. There, there has to be a breaking to receive that seed. And, and the revival that spread throughout the islands and, and Duncan Campbell traveled for years. And as I read Psalm 24, it certainly talks about God's sovereignty. And this is not necessarily like going to be the meat of my message to you this morning, but I think it's worth pointing out. I think it's worth emphasizing that we read about it, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and, and the world of those who dwell within. He has founded upon the seas and established upon the rivers. And so we see this talking about God's sovereignty. And the reason why I want to bring that about is this, is God, I, I know I've shared kind of along these lines so many times, but I just want to remind you once again that our God sovereignly reigns. 
He doesn't have to go to Congress to move. He doesn't have to have a vote to do a work or something in your life. Our God sovereignly reigns, and there is nothing that dictates what he does except for him. And the Bible says that our God does whatever he pleases, and do you know what pleases him is his work inside of you. Our God is sovereign. It also speaks of God's holiness. And that's really where I'm going to focus and park on this morning. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may go to the place of His presence? Who may go to the place that ex- experiences Him in this, His most wonderful, I mean, the, the, the inmost parts in, 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 the, in that place, in His presence? And it also, of course, speaks about God's provision. I, I can't speak, obviously, for everyone in the room. I know, but I'm, I, I know that I grew up, uh, and, and not even in a heavy sense, but I, I mean, I've been around a while, and, and, and I have a lot of relationship with people, but, you know, there was a season, there was a time back in the day that, I mean, the church really had, especially Pentecostal churches, had a condemning nature um, in the church of, of its legalism. But I'm going to tell you the root of holiness is not found in the action, it's found in the heart. And that's what the Bible teaches us. It's not rooted in the flesh, but it's rooted in the spirit. But because of that legalism era, because of that condemnation that came upon so many, it made holiness a bad word. Holiness is not a bad word. Legalism, yes, but not holiness. And you can be on the road to holiness without being locked into legalism. I'm preaching really good this morning. Did you come ready? You can be on the road to holiness without being bound to legalism. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? It is those that have purity at work inside of them. The goal of any of us should be growth, maturity, and, 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 and also understanding it is a continual, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, it doesn't matter how old you are, spiritual maturity should always be taking place in us. And so hopefully a couple of things will happen this morning. Understanding, number one is this, understanding one of the processes that growth happens in our life. And number two, understanding that holiness is growth, and it's not negative. I mean, as beautiful of as the words, I know they're big words, and, but holiness is as beautiful as a word as justification. It's just as a beautiful word as sanctification. It's that work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and life. I mean, the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians, we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture this morning. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, for God has not called us for impurity, but in what? In holiness. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, but as he who called you is holy, you must be holy in your What? Well, Pastor, I thought you just said that holiness wasn't an action. But see, the way the Holy Spirit works, he does this work on the inside of us. And that work, on, it's Philippians 2.13. And that work that happens on the inside of us, it begins a transformation happening in our brain and the way that we think. And the way that we think will change the way that we act. But the root's the heart. 
It is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for which holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We've, at the, the exhortation that, I mean, Derek parked on my runway this morning. And you're going to see it. But, you know, last week I also made a challenge to you. I challenged you to kind of really dive in, even though of our reading plan, but dive into Galatians 4 and 5 and Colossians 3 and Ephesians 4 and 5. And this week I'm going to ask you the same thing. I'm going to ask you to really park in this week Hebrews chapter 12. And really, I mean, every day read that chapter and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you what he wants to speak to you out of that chapter. But see, holiness is not about impossible man-made standards. It is a beautiful work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that, some of you, okay. That, that was, one person said amen. Holiness is, is a beautiful work of, of the Holy Spirit in our life. You see, the, the problem we kind of really have, especially... Um, with the, the American gospel we tend to hear so much is, is that um, uh, I'm not happy. I want to be happy, so tell me how to be happy. I mean, that's really a lot of so much that we hear, but happiness is not the, is not the prime directive. Happiness is the byproduct. And so when we look at Malachi, so we're going we're to jump on in. So in Malachi chapter 3, we're going to read a very interesting passage, an extremely interesting passage. Malachi, or Malachi if you're Italian, but Malachi chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, Behold, I send my messenger, and he'll prepare a way before me. And this is, we, we read about the prophecy of John the Baptist and Isaiah, and this is, this is going along the same lines there, but I'm going to point out something here in just a second. And, and the Lord whom I will seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But listen to this, verse 2. Who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? I want to remind you once again. Who may ascend to the hill? Who may, may ascend to the holy place? He that has what? Clean hands and a pure heart. But who can, who can say when it appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi. Uh, if, we were, if this was New Testament, it would be, that would be us believers. And refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings and righteousness to the Lord. Listen, verse 4. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and its former years. Now, if you're like me, um, you're probably wondering what a fuller is, what fuller soap is, and what Scripture is talking about there. A fuller, back in this day, a long time ago, a fuller was a, was a person that would wash the wool. Listen to this. A fuller was the person that would wash the wool of the sheep that had just been sheared. And they would wash it with a very strong soap, and it would make that, I don't know if you've ever seen videos or if you've ever seen a sheep with long wool, but it's nasty. It's gross. Kind of like sin. 
And it, the fuller takes that soap. And he, you know what the scripture that reminded me of? I, we read a scripture in Isaiah 1.18. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. See, wherever you get in at, wherever that conversion in your life happens or, or, or is going to happen, if you're here and you haven't uh, accepted the Lord yet, there is a process that begins. There is a, a combustion that begins to happen in your spirit. And it's a lifelong process of God molding us and shaping us. Listen to me. I understand the best life now sermons, and I understand the, the victory sermons, and I understand the breakthrough sermons, and I understand the, the battle belongs to the Lord sermons. But so many times in life, we still find ourselves in the ringer. And that, nobody responded to me on Facebook. I'm a little disappointed. Because I was really wanting that old washing tub and the ringer. I mean, that, that's the image that came to my mind. You know, I, I, I remember that. I'm ju- I, it's not that I'm that old, but I had relatives that were that old. Times of difficulty, times of dryness, times of the not want to's when it comes to faith, times of the I wonder where God is, times of the rock bottom, times of the discouragement, times of the anxiety, times of the depression, times of the battle, the times of the heavens feel like they're brass, the times where it doesn't feel like our prayers are getting above the ceiling. And the question is, when we're in that season, why? Why me? Why now? Why am I going going through this? The two reasons for difficult times is this. God is trying to get our attention because of the path that we are on. God is trying to get our attention because of the path that we're on. And what I mean by that is, is that you're not saved. Who here in the room hit rock bottom before you gave your heart to God? I mean, really, raise your hand. I mean, there's a lot of us. I hope that no one has to hit rock bottom before you finally say, Uncle, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get saved, because God's got a much better plan. But some of us are hard-headed, stubborn. Y'all were real quiet on that one. (laughs) Uh, And the second one is this, God is trying to get our attention because of the path he wants us on. You're like... Well, that sounds like the same thing, but it's really not. It's really a subtle difference. It's this. What that second one means is this, is that, is that you're living for God. You're doing it. You're, you're serving Him the best way that you know how, but God wants to make some shifts in your life. And when God wants to bring some shifts in your life, so many times that comes in the form of the fiery furnace, the difficulty Maybe what we call the wilderness. Are you following me this morning? And so look at it again, Malachi 3. But he who can endure the day of his coming, who can send unto appears? For he's like a refiner's fire, a fuller's soap, a refiner's fire. And you skip the verse 3. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify. And when he does that, there's something that's going to happen. We're going to be his vessels for his purpose. How does this take place? You see, God wants to do a work in you for the next step of how he's going to use you. And 1 Peter, looking in the New Testament, I told you we're going to look at a lot of verses. In 1 Peter, 
chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, In this you rejoice. I mean, you know, I kind of point this passage out a lot. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes even though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of the Lord Jesus. So in Malachi 3, we see that they will be bringing offerings of righteousness to the Lord. And 1 Peter, that we may be found uh, to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. There's a working happening there of God molding us to be vessels. God wants to purify you for His purpose. More precious than gold, more that perishes even though it's tested by fire. I mean, Isaiah 48 says it this way, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake. This is the Lord speaking. For my own sake I do it. For my name sh- Shall be profane, my glory will I not give to another. You see, the furnace of affliction in Isaiah 48 is that you have been grieved by various trials in 1 Peter 1 7. So these trials, these tribulations, these difficulties, these dry moments in our life, I'm trying to tell you this morning they're happening. Uh, Basically, for one of two reasons. One is that God's trying to reconcile himself to you. He's trying to get you saved. And the other one is, is God's doing a work in you to be used for his purpose. He's trying to shift that direction just a a little bit to get you on the path that he wants you on. One way that gold is purified is to be put in, a, I mean, I think the modern day now is mostly by chemical, but, and, and we've talked about some of this before, but the way gold is purified is to be put into a furnace, and that gold, it has a high melting temperature, a high melting point. So, I mean, there's a lot of fire that's got to be put to that gold for it to melt. And then once it melts, the impurities begin to come up on top of the gold, and they'll do one of two things. Either they will scoop the impurities from that gold, or they'll let it cool back down, and when they let it cool back down all the alloys and impurities will be on top and they'll take this little hammer and they'll chip away that I know that because of gold rush on discovery see but the impurities can be chipped away Ephesians 2 10 tells us and we've talked about this verse a lot but we are his workmanship we are his master there's this work that God is trying to do in us and that work he's trying to do in us is to fulfill a purpose that he has for us verse 3 uh, Hebrews three thirteen. but exhort one another every day how, how often Ex- build each other up every day build each other up every day as long as it's called today well, there's always a today, I, I know this is like, whoo, that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now, I, I don't have my gold ring anymore. I still have it, but um, I don't wear it because it won't fit on my finger. So I have this silver one right now. And, uh, but with gold, what happens is, see, when gold becomes to a place of purity, it gets so pure that even in its hardened state, it's just malleable. 
It's pliable. I mean, most of us, I mean, if you, you know, our rings are 24, 20 carat, 24 carat, or whatever like that, it's because they add in impurities. They add in alloy to make it hard so it retains its shape. God doesn't want to leave you where you are. God wants you malleable, pliable into his hands. And he wants to pull out that deceitfulness and that sin and that fleshly nature so he can shape you into the vessel that brings him honor. And so I told you last week, I, was gonna, I, I, I gave you a warning last week, I was going to share this passage. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. That in a great house there's not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some from honorable use and some for dishonorable. Verse 21, therefore, if any man, anyone cleanses himself, who does the cleansing there? Who does the cleansing there? See, so what the fire does, see, God does a wonderful work of justification, sanctification. I mean, there's these things that God changes in our life. You know, I was at a place in my life when I came to the Lord. I was, I was probably on the brink of, of needing Teen Challenge. But God did an instant work in me. And, and I, I, to me, I cannot tell you why God did that with me. But, it, but some, he doesn't. Some have to go through a process. Some have to. But my, I mean, my addictions were, I mean, Johnny on the spot God took care of. And I'm, I'm, I'm blessed because I know that. And, and my heart breaks for those that it's a struggle and it's a, it becomes a long process. But see, here's the thing. So many times we get in the fire and God, I mean, it's, it's really, I believe it's really like this. So we're in the furnace of affliction. We're in that trial. I mean, the fire's going and then our ugly shows. See, I, you know, I, I used to, I was the missions director for our youth department in our district for uh, quite a long time. I mean, about near 15, 15, 18 years, and we did a lot of missions trips. And that's one of the spills I always gave our students. There's going to come a moment in time. I mean, there's only so long when you're sleeping on an air mattress in Central America and nothing but a battered fan blowing on you on a, on a tile floor with a mosquito. I, I mean, you know, your patience gets a little thin. And I said, we're going to be put into situations, and, and, and I mean, we're in close proximity, and uh, we only have one outhouse for 20 people. And somebody, some, yeah, you know, yeah, it's bad. But you're going to go through things, and you're going to, your patience is going to get thin, and, and that, that uh, we all got it. Don't, don't pretend like you're sitting there and this don't happen. I mean, you get hangry, and then something comes out of you, you're like, Oh, now I, I don't want to apologize. I mean, we see that ugly shows. See, but when those moments happen, we've got the Lord saying, okay, do you see that? Will you cleanse yourself from that? Because if you'll cleanse yourself from that, I've, I'm going to use you for my purpose. Now, you can stay where you're at and... You know, the thing is, is that what you're going to find, the longer you live in that place, you're, it's going to get more stress, stressful. It's going to get more difficult. It's, 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 it's going to get harder because there's something I really believe, church. I, you may disagree with me. You may argue with me, but we can never get beyond our last disobedience. 
we can never move past our last disobedience because God's trying to do this work in us. And the only way to Galatians 5.25, to live by the Spirit, to keep in the step in the Spirit, and to be on the path that He wants us on is to always be pliable before Him. What's the purpose? That we'll be a vessel of all number of you, set apart, holy, useful for the master's house, that scripture goes on to tell us. Jeremiah 15, 19. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you return, I will restore you, and you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall be as my mouth. See, he's got a purpose for us. They shall return, and you shall not turn to them. God is raising up a generation of people who will manifest his glory and not their own agenda, not their own glory, but God's glory. A people really made. And it, see, the reason why we want to be pliable and, and that clay in his hands is because he's shaping us into his image. Do I believe that God wants to bless us? Yes. Do I believe that God wants us to be victorious? Yes. Do I believe that God wants us healed and whole? Yes. But I also believe that God wants us His and to be used for His purpose. God wants you holy. God wants you holy. Why is this? See, this is, comes to the place where Derek kind of hit in my parking lot here. Why does God want you holy? There's one verse that is very short, very simple, but it describes everything. And it's Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. Blessed are the pure, for they shall see God. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? He has clean hands and a pure heart. And if you're at a place where you struggle serving God, if you're at a place where you struggle living for Him, I'm going to tell you, if you really get a glimpse of Him, you can never go back. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. I mean, we read that earlier. Listen to me. I don't think there's any question that maybe we are in or have come through some of the most difficult circumstances that many of us have faced in our lifetime. And, you know, when I look at from Genesis to Revelation, what I find is a father that wants to reveal himself to his people. We serve a God that wants to show you himself. Whenever you go through the Old Testament and see all the Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Rophe, and all these compound names of God, of all these special moments in the Old Testament, they were for one purpose. God wanted his people to know him. And then he gave us his son who had the same pattern in his life. He said, you're going to know the Father because you know me. Because there's nothing I do that's on my own. I only do what I see him do and only, do what I, only say what I hear him say. I represent the Father. So the pure of heart shall see God. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, I know that when you're in that moment, when you're in that difficulty, and I, and I know there's many in this room, and I, many close to me that have, have uh, gone through and faced and, and, and experienced devastation, but listen to me, the God of 2019 was still the God in 
2020 and is still the God now in 2021. The God that stood on the mountain and taught, blessed are the pure in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the mourn for they shall become, blessed are the pure for they shall see God. Is the, is the same God who is working in the middle of the struggle and the difficulty. It is the same God, the same God that, that uh, stood on the bow of the boat and said, peace be still. When the disciples thought it was over is still the God today on the bow of your boat. And the, diff- the, the circumstance may be difficult, but it's not purposeless. God has a purpose for it. He's molding something in you. He's trying to shift something in you because where you are is not good enough. I'm sorry, I don't know another way to say it. Where you are is not good enough. It doesn't mean you're not going to make heaven. It's that God's got more. God's got more. Whatever you've experienced of God, he's got more. Wherever you've been, God's got more. I mean, I was thinking the God that showed his, his glory to Moses and his, his promises to Abraham and, and uh, his faithfulness to David is the same God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I, the, see, that's the same, whether you're on the mountain or you're in the valley, it is the same God. And it's the God that says that the mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. It's the God that says, by faith you can speak to the mountain and it be removed. It's the same God in Malachi and Isaiah that says, I'm going to bring the mountains low and I'm going to raise the valleys up so that you're walking on level ground. God wants you on a different path than where you are. Sometimes you got to go through it to get to it. Sometimes you got to go through it to get to it, to that place that God is trying to get you. For years, I've had this written in my journal. It's, uh, there's four minutes left on your, my timer if you're wondering. For years, I had this written out on my journal, and it's, a, it's a, something John Bevere said. I don't know if you know what John Bevere is, but John Bevere said this. For years, people have tried to perfect holiness through their own ability. Denominations have been birthed as a result of our futile attempts to be pure. All we've done is enslave ourselves to the bondage of legalism. Holiness is a work of God's grace, not an outward restriction of the flesh. God gives grace to the humble, not to the proud. The proud man thinks he can achieve holiness without God's help by following rules and regulations which, matter of fact, if I could put a, a parenthesis right there, that usually is what leads somebody to backslide anyway. The humble man knows he can't and relies on the grace and strength of the Lord. So he pursues a relationship with God, knowing that only through relationship will he be empowered to keep the laws written upon his heart. God is trying to get our attention because of the path that we are on. And God is trying to get our attention because of the path that he wants us on. And so as we go through the fire and the trials, the affliction, that, that's that, that work of purity in our life, it makes us pliable for his purpose. 
But see, it's also something so much more than that. God is raising a generation of people. Remember I said this a little bit earlier. God is raising a generation of people to manifest his glory, not their own. And I read, I'm going to close with this, but I read in, in John chapter 5, verse 9. So while we go through this, this, this furnace of affliction, this, these trials, these difficulties, and if we view it right, if, if we'll see it correctly, our, our response to it will change. It changes from, why is this happening to me, to, God, where are you leading me? It shifts from it being about me in the sense of, do I deserve this? Did I do something wrong? Am I being punished? Is, does God just not love me? To a different position, an attitude of, God's up to something. God's about to do something. And there is nothing that is impossible with God. It changes. The, 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 the circumstance may not change, but you, see, you, you have a different view of it. You're, the color lens you're seeing through shifts and changes. And so I believe that we go through trials in life because God wants to express himself to us. He wants you to know that he's sovereign. He wants you, you know what, Philippians 4.19, For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I was thinking about this week, and uh, we, I mean, we got that on our kitchen wall, you know, I mean, we, We've got t-shirts and bracelets and bumper stickers with Philippians 419 on it. And it's powerful. It's a good promise. But I, I, as I was kind of praying, I just, the scripture kind of popped in my head. And I was just thinking about it. And I got hung up on the word things. You know, you know what the things is? I mean, you can't stand on that promise unless you're going through something. I mean, because you know what? When things are easy, it's easy. I mean, you don't draw on that verse until you're going through the thing, until you're going through the furnace, until you. Yeah, I mean, we like to talk. Oh, I'm an overcomer. Well, you know what makes you an overcomer? You got to overcome something. <laughs> and so, but he, this purification happens. Blessed are the pure in heart, for thou shalt see God. My last verse, John, five nineteen. Why? I mean, one of the reasons why we, I mean, because we want to, I, we want to experience God, we, and, and the Holy Spirit in his fullness. I mean, there, there should be a hunger in us to want to experience, for him. I mean, don't you want to live in that place of just, I mean, it's that, it's that revelation of, of who we, those deep secrets being brought up and revealed and spoken to you, and I mean, just that relationship with the Lord, but see, so many people stop there. Matter of fact, I want you to stand, my I've already got a, I already, already hit snooze on my timer. <laughs> so many people get stuck there. They get stuck in the, uh, God, in, in the revelation of God. I'm going to tell you what, I, and I, I know there's many in this room, you've experienced God in a wonderful, special way. I mean, I'm a lifetime of ministry. I'm, I've been so blessed to see just intense moves of the Holy Spirit. Man, I've seen, I'm not going to tell you story after story after story of this account of, you know, when we traveled and the churches we were in. Of, I mean, literally, 
Um, I, I, we were at a, I was, I was at a church, and God began to move, and it was so special. And bodies were literally laying on top of each other from the power of the Holy Spirit all across the front. And that's, those moments are so special. I mean, it was so thick. I don't know if you can catch a hold of this. It was so thick that if somebody accidentally brushed up against somebody, um, their arm like split out on the floor, they would go out. I mean, no one had to pray for it. I mean, it was, the, the, the glory of God was so intense. So, but you see, I'm going to tell you something. So many people stay there, and that's not the there where God wants you to stay. In John 5, 19, it says, So Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the Son of God can do nothing of his own accord. Now, man, I could preach a whole sermon on this one. I mean, if Jesus is saying that he can't do it on his, okay, he's 100% God and 100% man. I mean, this is Jesus, God, the Son. Look at his words. I can't do this on my own accord. How can you? <laughs> How can I do it on my own? But only what he sees his father doing. See, the pure of heart, the, see, God's always up to something. He's always working. I, yes, the Lord doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But that doesn't mean he stopped yesterday. <laughs> he's doing something right now. And if we want to see what he's doing right now, we got to be able to perceive it and see it. But only what he sees the Father doing, for whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise for the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing God's not hiding anything I'm going to tell you something when whenever I hear a preacher preaching and, and they, they start talking about God gave me this revelation it's so deep I mean, it, I, my antennas really go up because we live in a place now where nothing is hidden of God's heart, desire, plan, or purpose, or what he's working. I mean, the only thing that is a mystery to us is when the rapture of the church is going to happen. For the Father does, the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that himself is doing. And great, ha, ha, ha. this is it right here. And greater works than these will he show him so that you marvel. Oh, God wants to use you, church. I believe that we can be in a place with the Holy Spirit. See, it's all about the path we're on, right? We're either we're on a path he doesn't want us on, or we're on a path that he's trying to shift and change and redirect because he's got the bird's eye view and he's created you you're his workmanship and for a purpose and so here's what i believe is that you can be such in a place with god that what seems to be spontaneous to you was god's perfect will there's a lot to be said in that statement but do you hear me i'm I, listen you can be in such a place with the lord you can be so pliable 
such a vessel in his hand that you may do something and we do that sometimes right we're like I'm not talking about the bad things we do. I'm talking about the good things sometimes we do something good and we're like where'd that come from have you ever been talking to somebody and they really need some words of wisdom and then you found yourself saying something and you're like I know I ain't that smart we can be in that, play, that vessel to be used by him. And listen to me. I know that the pandemic is still going on. And I, I want to be cautious and tread lightly of what I'm saying. But I'm going to tell you, I, I don't think we should be shrinking in numbers at this moment. I think if we were at a place where we were his vessels used for his purpose, there's somebody hurting out there that needs the life to come from that vessel, to come from your inmost being, that God is working in somebody's life. Don't get so hung up on what you're going through, but that you can look into somebody's heart, you can look into somebody's spirit, because God wants to touch them, God wants to move on them, God wants to speak life upon him and he's going to use you to do it he's going to use you to do it thank you so much for joining us today I hope that this message was an encouragement to you remember you can find more about us at odessafirstassembly.com and also across the social media platforms it is our prayer that God blesses you keeps you sustains you and if you're ever in the area of the Permian Basin, come and join us at Odessa First Assembly. God bless you.